So Maisek Sofim is something <coughs> that we find Yitzchak was Mafrich in this week's parasha, and has told us, but really each one of the others, there aren't that many mitzvahs that the Chumash tells us each one of the others performed, but here the tells us each one of the others, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov performed the mitzvah or the union of Maisek Sofim. First, in Parshas Lechacha, after the Mochama with Kedar Omer, so Avram Avinu takes off Ayitain Lamaser Mikol, he takes off Maiser and he gives it to Malki Tzedek, who Kahein Lekelo Yoyin. So Avram Avinu was already Mafresh Maiser from the spoils of war and he gave it to Malki Tzedek. But Yitzchak, we find in this Parsha, and Parsha's told us, was also Mafresh Maiser. The Pasuk says, Vayizra Yitzchak Baaretahi, of here Oisao, Vayimsa Bashano Hahi, he found in that year, Meyosha Arim, a hundred measures. Rashi says, why did he measure how much profits he made? Because it was Lemaisa's hire, he wanted to be Mafrish Meiser. So from the Pusik, it sounds like Yitzchak was Mafrish Meiser from uh, payros that he grew, from, from fruits, from agriculture. But in fact, the Pirkei the Rebbe says, look over here, what you think? Yitzchak planted produce? Chas v'shalom, says the Pirkei Rebbe He didn't plant produce. He was involved in business. He planted tzedakah. He gave it to Anim and Avyanim. So Yitzchak was mafresh meiser. Not meiser from produce, but meiser from his money. That's what the Pirkei Rebbe says. So we find Avram Avinu was mafresh meiser. From the spoils of war. That he, uh, that he waged in order to, say, to save Lloyd, he takes off Maiser, he gives it to Malki Tzedek, and then over here Yitzchak as well is being Mafresh uh, Maiser from his money, and he's giving it to Aniyim. Yeah, I don't know, very strange, interesting. Where I don't like, know. Most of our, like most of the farmers? Yeah, yeah, shepherds, but okay, shepherds yeah. Parashas Vayete, also the Pasuk says, Yaakov Avinu, also the third of the others, also was Mafresh Maiser Mamun, because the Pasuk says that after Yaakov Avinu Davins at uh, the Makum HaMikdosh, and he has this dream. He wakes up and he takes a nether. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu will return him safely to his home, then he will. Um, whatever you give me, I will be mafish ma'aser from whatever you give me. So the Dazdekain and Mibalei Atosis and Parshas Vayetze says Yaakov Tikein lost his ma'aser in a moment. Yaakov also was masakein to separate ma'aser. The Medrash continues. Not only did he separate ma'aser from his money. But he even gave one of his children as Miser. That the reason why he separated, uh, the reason why Levi, he was Maktish to serve, avoided uh, in the Beis Hamikdash to serve the Rebbeinu Shalom, because that was Miser from one of his children. So he separated Miser not only from his money, but he separated Miser, even uh, one of his children, he dedicated to the service of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Rav Moshe writes in the Tshuva that you should separate one tenth of everything that you have. So Moshe says you should also take one tenth of your time and give it to others to learn with the Chavrusa, a little younger, to help people out, in learning, whatever, in other areas, for Chesed, a person should take one-tenth of everything he has and, uh, and to give it to others. Either way, we find that each one of the others did this. Avram Avinu was Mafish Meiser, and he gave Vayitim Lamaser Miko, he gave Meiser to Malki Tzedek. Yitzchak was Vayimsa Bashana Hime Yosha Arim. Why did he make a measurement of how much profits he had to be Mafish Meiser? The Pikachu Rebosa says that was Meiser Momen, Meiser Ksofen. And so to Yaakov Avinu, in Parshas Vayetse, Kolasher Titan Liyaser Asvenulach was also Mafish Meiser. See, each one of the others was Mafish Meiser for money. Strong precedent. But who gets the credit? Who gets the credit for establishing this idea of being Mafish money? 
So the Rambam writes in Hilchos Malachim when he's describing the process or the development of the Tariag Mitzvahs from the creation of the world to Matan Torah. So he writes, Bo Avram Avinu Yeser al Eu b'mila. Avram Avinu was commanded more than Noach. He was commanded in Mila as well. But who is Paul Shachris? He also davened Shachris. The Yitzchak Hifrish Meiser. Yitzchak was even Mafrish Meisers. For Hosef Tefillah Cheres of Nois Hayom, he was Masak and Mincha. So who does the Rambam give credit to for establishing the practice of being Mafrish Meiser? He gives credit to Yitzchak. The Ravido disagrees. Straight, you know, interesting Hasogas Haravid. It's a historical hasagah. Who does the Ravid give credit to? Avram Avinu. He was the first one. He gave him a Maiser to Malkitzedek. So it should really be Avram Avinu, not Yitzchak. What are they arguing about? The Ravid says Yitzchak. Well, but Avram Avinu was Mafesh Maiser. We know that he was. Pasuk says, So why does the Ravid only give credit to Yitzchak, not to Avram Avinu? So if you look in the Kesef Mishnah, he tells you, he says, <coughs> it could be, Ve'ev Shalaymar, a few words in, over here, Oizva, Ve'ev Shalaymar, L'das Rabbeinu Debavram, Le'ashchon Se'isim Mimonai. Avram wasn't Ma'aser, he didn't have a practice of uh, regularly separating Ma'aser from his prophets. Here he did it on an ad hoc basis, a one-time thing, he separated Ma'aser from, um, from the spoils of war, and he gave part of it to Malkitzedek. But it wasn't his practice to separate Meiser Aksafim. Uh, he did it a one-time thing. He gave uh, Malkitzedek his cut of the prophets. Yitzchak was the first one who regularly took Meiser from his prophets and gave it, as the Pirkei the Rebbe says, gave it to Anim and Avyanim. So Yitzchak is the one who established it as a practice. He had the habit of doing it. Ramavinu did a one-time thing. He gave a part of the prophets to Malkitzedek. Okay, so that's why the Rambam attributes credit to Yitzchak, not to Avram. What then does the Ravid hold? So in Yeshivas, they say that the Rambam and the Ravid are actually arguing about in a conceptual machlokas. What is Maisek Safim all about? Because it could really be understood in one of two ways. What are the two ways we could understand Maisek Safim? Perhaps the most uh, obvious way to understand Maisek Safim would be as one of the Trumas and Maisers. Midaraisa, you have to separate Truma and Maisa from Produce. It's only from Dagon Tirish Yitzar. It's only from the five grains, grapes, and Yitzar, and uh, olives, and oil. So that's Midaraisa. So you don't have to separate from grains, from uh, wine, grapes, and oil, olives. However, Midarabana, they were masaking to separate from uh, all Perusi Elon, from vegetables, anything that grows from the ground. There's only Trumas and Maestros Midarabana, unless it's Dagon Tirish Yitzar. And uh, they would separate also, not only would they separate Trumas and Maestros, Trumas would be given to the Kaya, and Maestro was given to the Levi, but depending on the year of the Shemitah cycle, they would also give Maestro Shani, a second Maestro, which was taken to Shalim to buy fruits and eaten there. Or in the third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, they took off Maestro Ani, one tenth that was given to Aniyim. So the Pashat way of viewing Maestro Ksafim is as a form of Trumas and Maestros, what... Uh, where does it fit into Trumas and Maiser? It's along the lines of Maiser Ani. You take off a tenth of what you earn, you give it to the Ani. That's where it fits within the framework of Trumas and Maiser. So we could view it as part of Trumas and Maiser. That's one way. This is Maiser from money. 
even though you don't live in Eretz Yisrael and nothing's growing from the ground, but perhaps it fits into that framework. Or Maeser Ksafim can be viewed not in the uh, framework, in the rubric of Maeser and Maeser, but rather as a recommended amount, suggested amount, recommended amount of tzedakah. Because look over here, there's a big range as to how much tzedakah a person has to give during the year. The Gemara says in Masech this Baba Basar over here, Oizayin, that's the minimum amount of tzedakah you have to give a year. A third of a shekel. Depending on the amount of silver. Okay, about a dollar. A dollar and a half, I don't know. I have to figure out the price of silver. Somewhere around there. That's the minimum amount of tzedakah based on the Pesach in Nechemia. That's how much you have to give. That's the minimum. What's the maximum? Tzedakah. So the Gemara says, "Mesach the Ksubis and Daf Nun." Amar Rabbi Loi, Beusha Hiskino, the Mesakin and Usha Hamavazvez Ali Vazvez Yaisem Echaymish. When you're spending money, you should never spend more than a fifth of that which you earn on the mitzvah of Tzedakah. How do you know why? Why? Because you might yourself become poor. Shemi Yasson, if it's Tarach Labrius, you might become poor, and you yourself will need Tzedakah. Where did they derive this from? Micra. That's the third source for my Sofim, was from Yaakov Avinu. Whatever you give me, says Yaakov, if you return me safe to my home, whatever you give me, Aser, I'll take off my sir, Asrenu Loch. The double Lashon just usually is a point of emphasis. I will certainly separate my sir, but the Gemara says that no, he took off two tenths. Two tenths is what? Two tenths is, higher mathematics, is a fifth. So the most you should take off is a fifth. Somewhere between a shlishis hashekel and a fifth. That's a big range. Thousands and thousands of dollars is the difference between a shlishis hashekel, hopefully, and how much a person, a fifth of what a person makes. How much tzedakah are you supposed to take off? So perhaps the mitzvah, the idea of separating Maeser Ksafim is a recommended amount of tzedakah to be taken off. But it's not part of the institution or the you know the framework, the rubric of Chumas and Maestros. It's a recommended amount of tzedakah. Rabbi, so you hear the two different words, ways of viewing Maestros Safim. It could be a recommended amount of tzedakah, but it's really tzedakah. Or it could be one along, it's part of Chumas and Maestros in the framework of Chumas and Maestros along the lines of Maestros Ani. So in the Yeshivas, they say, that's the machlaik is between the Rambam and the Ravid over here. The Rambam feels when Avram Avinu took off Maestros, that was a tzedakah that he gave to Malki Tzedek. One time thing. But it wasn't part of Chumas and Maestros. The one who established it as part of the framework of Chumas and Maestros to take off every year a tenth of what you earn, that was Yitzchak. So therefore the Ramam gives credit. He attributes the, the practice of taking off a tenth of your money to give tzedakah to Yitzchak. Because he was the first one to do it as a Maestros. Not to Avramavim. And it could be that the Rambam argue, the Ravid, I'm sorry, argues, and he says, no, don't attribute it to Yitzchak. You know why? Maizik Sefim is never a part of Trumas and Maizus. There is no such thing as Maizik Sefim as part of Trumas and Maizus. Trumas and Maizus is produce that grows in the ground and Eretz Israel. At the time of the Beis HaMikdash is caught, whatever. That's, uh, you know, when Rove of Kaiser lives in Eretz Israel. That's not for now. That's not this. And Chutz Laaretz for money. This is only a recommended amount of stucco. So, with the fact that Avram was mafresh uh, miser from uh, from what he gave, he gave to Malkin Tzedek as tzedakah, and that which Yitzchak was mafresh miser regularly are all the same. They're just a recommended amount of tzedakah. There is no such thing as miser Sefim as part of the establishment, part of the rubric of Shumas and Misers. Okay, but we have these two ways of viewing miser Sefim. 
could be it's my point because the Rambam and the Ravid. What is the nature of Meiser Ksafim? Is it one of the Trumas and Meisers, like along the lines of Meiser Ani? Or is it a recommended amount of tzedakah that a person should give in the year? Somewhere in between, a shlishis a shekel and a fifth of what you earn. So as we'll see, that's going to be the basis for a lot of the discussion within the Paiskim as to how, how a person is mafresh, where should he give his Meiser Ksafim? Even though we find the precedent from Avram who separated Meiser, Yitzchak separated Meiser, that's why and Yaakov Avinu was Mafish Meiser, those really don't serve as an obligation for us to be Mafish Meiser. The others did it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's something that we have to do. But there is a source for the idea of being Mafish Meiser that obligates us that's found in Taisus and Mesechtas Tainus of it. And so the Gemara says Mesechtas Tainus and Daftes over here Oistes. The Gemara says, commenting on the pasuk in Parshas Riei, Aser Ta Aser, Eis Kol Tuazarecha. You should certainly take off Meiser from the produce that grows from the ground and give it to the Levi. So look over here Oistes. My Aser Ta Aser, Omalei Aser Bishvil Setish Asher. You should separate Meiser so that you should become what? Rich. rich. That's how the Marshal says, that's the standard Taich in the Gemara. You should become rich. And that's the nice way of learning the Gemara. The Marshal has a different shot. What it means is, so you should have money and you'll separate Meiser again. It doesn't mean you'll become rich. It means you'll always be able to separate Meiser. It doesn't necessarily mean, it's not a Havtocha, you'll become rich. But the Velt understands what the Gemara says. It's two Pshatim in the Marshal. Machlekes Rishayim. What does the Gemara mean? But the Marsha, let's go with the standard shot. Aser b'shvil set shetis asher. If you separate Ma'aser, you will become rich. So they asked Rabbi Yochanan, Amalei minalacha. How do you know this is true? Amalei zil nisi. Go out. You'll see it's true. Go test it. Amalei mishayim and suyi la'kadosh baruch hu. Is one allowed to test the rebbeinu shalaylam? Can you do that? Vaksi v'sinasu Hashem. You shouldn't test the kadosh baruch hu. Pasuk in Parshas v'eschanan. Amalei. Chutz mizu. This you can test at Kaddish Baruch because the pasuk says in Sefer Malachi, "Ubechanuni no bezayis." Test me on this, Kaddish Baruch It says, uh, you know, challenges us. You want to test me? Test me on this. You can test the Rebbeinu Shalom on separating Meiser. If you do it properly, you will become, according to one Shalom Neimar, you'll become rich. You can test it out. This is talking about what Aser Taser Eis Koltvu Azarecha. That's talking about Meiser from Tvua, from produce. Okay. If you do that properly, you'll become rich. Tarsus on that Gemara quotes him a Sifrei. Look over here. Ois Yud Hachi Isa B'Sifrei Aser Taser is called to Azarecha Yotzei Asada Shana Shana. You should separate certainly separate Ma'aser from all of the produce that comes out of your field year by year or year after year. Only Yelo to Azarecha Shachayv B'Ma'aser. I only know produce is Chayv B'Ma'aser. Ribis Uprakmati V'Chol Sharevachim. What about interest? Or business, or any other profitable activity. How do you know? Talmud Loimar es kol. That comes kol, and all of the things that grow from the ground each year, and all as kol comes to include any profitable activity. You have to separate miser. Es kol is going on es kol to us. Yes. Okay. So Tais is called to Masifre that that understands that this refers to. Um, Separating my, uh, miser from all of your profitable activities. 
Sounds like any profitable activity, by the way. So therefore, the Pisrei Tshuva quotes him the Shlach Hakodesh. Pisrei Tshuva on Yeraday and Hilchot Tzedaka quotes him the Shlach. Even matanas that you get, you have to separate Maisa. Even if you get a present. So if someone gives you a cash present, you have to separate Maisa. Rav Shlomo Zalman's opinion was, even if you get a gift that's not a cash present, someone gives you uh, a blender, you have to take the cash value of the blender and separate Maisa from the cash value. Which, by the way, is a huge difference because let's say a person goes to work and he gets a, uh, you know, let's say the, st- the easy cases for Maisa, except when a person earns a salary. So he gets a salary, so he separates Maisa from his salary. But what about he gets uh, health benefits? Gets, uh, let's say he gets a car or he gets other fringe benefits. Does he have to take the cash value of those fringe benefits and then uh, Rafa always figure out what Meiser is from his salary plus the cash value of his health insurance? So Shlomo Zalman says yes. But uh, Chaim Kanievsky quotes him as, uh, from the Chazanish that no, and Roy Papais can go to Chazanish, it's only cash presence. It's a person has to take off Meiser from cash. If he gets cash. If he gets an item, a present, he doesn't have to take the cash value of it and uh, separate myself from that. So it's a tenth of any cash that he gets, either through salary or um, if a person gets a cash present. So let's say then a couple gets married. Kid is a bar mitzvah. So in theory, he should have to separate myself from the money that, from the cash presents that he received at the bar mitzvah, the cash that you receive. Um, at a wedding. We'll get to later, maybe they don't have to separate it, but if the, let's say the Bar Mitzvah boy is going to have the right to spend his money now, if it's going to be put into a trust account and he'll only be able to touch it when he's, you know, 35 or whatever, so then maybe you should separate when he's 35, but not right now. Or if the wedding is going to serve as their uh, nest egg, which they're going to live off of for the first few years while he's learning and they're not making any money, so then maybe also they don't have to separate my sex off him because maybe they're a neem. But barring all that, if they're earning a salary and they both get married when they're earning a salary, so they would have to separate Maisa from the gifts that they receive, or a bar mitzvah boy, if he's going to have the right to spend his money, he would have to separate Maisa from that money that he receives. So our boys, that comes with a big shayla. Let's say a parent, a couple gets married, the parents say, uh, okay, we'll give you money to buy an apartment. Oh, let's say I give my son, he's going on a field trip. He asked me for $5 to go on the field trip. Does he have to separate myself from the $5 that I give him that he's supposed to take to go on the field trip? The answer, Ramayusha writes, that no, if it's earmarked for a specific purpose, I give my kid money to go buy, he gets married, I give him money to go buy an apartment. Or let's say he gets married, he wants to learn for a few years, I'm going to give him money to support himself, him and his wife. So now he doesn't have to, I'm earmarked for that specific purpose. If let's say he would tell me, uh, you know, that we don't need that much money to support ourselves. We'll do we'll fine. Then I'll say, fine, give me back the money. I'm not giving it to you. This is uh, being mafish meiser. That was the case where Moshe had was asked by a guy who was uh, supporting his son, his son-in-law, and he gave him money. And they had a little extra money. So he wanted to be mafish meiser and give it to his brother. So it was the son-in-law's brother. Give him meiser from the money that the father-in-law gave him. So the father-in-law said, no, I gave you the money to support yourself. If you don't need the money, I'll happily take it back. But I don't want, and then don't tell my daughter she has to live a more, uh, you know, frugal lifestyle, or, you know, a different lifestyle because you want to give money to your brother. That's not why I gave you the money. So if a person earmarks money with the, and they're mockbit about it, they want you to give it for that specific purpose. If I give my kids money to buy an apartment and they start being mafish mice, I'm not going to be happy. That's not why I gave it to them. I gave it to them to support themselves so then you don't have to be mafish mice. That's like I'm giving you a present. I'm not giving you a cash gift. It's only if you get a cash gift that you have the right to then spend 
So then you would have to be mafresh ma'aser from that. Okay, so from this sifrei though, Rabbi said, it sounds like we're dealing with a. I don't know. Maybe a din midoy raisa. It's from a pasuk. As called to azarecha. And it sounds like it's what? What type of halacha? Is this a recommended amount of tzedakah or one of the trumas and maestras? What does it sound like to you? It sounds like trumas and maestras. That's what it sounds like. And that's the way some understand this, that we're dealing with the din midoy raisa of trumas and maestras. That's the way the Taisus Chadoshim on Mesechtas Peah over here, Isid Gimel understands that we're talking about uh, Din Midai Raisa here. To be Mafresh Maisa Ksafim is a Din Midai Raisa. Well, what kind of Din Midai Raisa? Along the lines of like a Maisar Ani. It fits into Trumas and Maisar, like a Maisar Ani. He takes this Joshua very seriously. He takes the Joshua very seriously. However, Rav HaPaisim do not assume we're dealing with the Din Midai Raisa. Uh, it's not assumed to be a din midr, right? So they assume that perhaps, maybe it's a din midr, perhaps even less. How do they know that it's not a real din midr, right? So, so look over here, because uh, on the side of that Tysus of Mesechlis Tainus, they point out, the Maseris Hashas points out, we don't have this Sifrei. In our copies of the Sifrei, this Sifrei that Tysus quotes, we don't have. We do have a version of it in the Meder Shanchuma, that's over here, Oisid Beis. But the Medrash Tanchuma is much more uh, toned down. The Medrash Tanchuma says, Aser, Taser, Aser, Bishvil, Satisasher. Remez, skip a few words, Remez. It's a hint, an illusion, you know, Lemefarshe Yomim. To those, I guess, who sail the seas, Lahafresh Echem and Asar Lahamale Tyra. To separate one tenth and to give it to those who toil in Tyra. So, first of all, it doesn't even say you're giving it to Aniim, unless the Amale Tyra are Aniim. But it says, Remez, it's a Remez to separating myself from I mean, it. It doesn't sound like it's a real Drusha. It's a Remez. So therefore, Rav HaPaiskim don't understand that it's a Din Midday Raisa. There's a Taisus Chadoshim like that in Mesechtas Peah. Some hold it's a Din Midday Raisa. You know, here, there, there are those that hold it's a Din Midday Raisa. Rav do not hold it's a Din Midday Raisa. But there is a Machlekes HaPaiskim. What is it? So the Taz writes in Yeradea, look over here, Aisy Dawid. Taz and Simon Shin Lamad Alfs have come on the base, right at the end, nearer the Yesh Lidmois Miser Shemafrishim in Arevach, Maman, Lidin Miser, Anishotvuro Paris. Midrabanon, it's a halacha that you have to do it. He says, look, a few words earlier, Chiyuv Gamorhu, you have to do it, probably Midrabanon. And where does it fit in in halacha? It's a kind of Trumas and Misers, like a Miser Ani. That's where it fits in. So the drasha of Ace Kol to Azarecha to include other profitable activities is a halakha along the lines of Meiser Ani, and it's an obligation to do it. That's how the Taz understands. There's actually a Shittim Kubetzis like that on Ksubis. Look earlier, Oisid Aleph. If you remember, the Gemara in Ksubis said on Dafnun, the most you should separate in a year for a tzedakah is a fifth. But the Gemara didn't say a fifth. The Gemara said, Aser ha'asrenulach, one-tenth and another tenth. Why is it phrased as two-tenths as opposed to a fifth? So look in the Shita Mekubetzis over there, he says, Every year, they used to have to separate two maestres. That's why it's phrased as two-tenths instead of a fifth. Shana rishana v'shniya maeser rishan u'maeser sheni. Shlish is maeser rishan u'maeser oni. On the third and sixth year, there was a Maeser Ani. So the Shidim Kubetis there goes on to explain, 
you should spend a fifth a year on tzedakah, on mitzvahs, one-tenth along the lines of a Meiser Shani, or a Meiser Rishon, and one-tenth along the lines of like a Meiser Ani. So the idea of separating Meiser Ksav from the Shita Mekubetz is also understands as along the lines of a kind of Meiser Ani. So on the one hand, we have the Taz. The Taz says, where is the whole idea of separating Meiser learned out from? Maaser taser is cold. You have to separate Meiser from coal, from everything, even money, even cash gifts that you get, cash or, or income that you earn. You have to separate Meiser. That's along the lines of a Meiser. It's a chiv not the rice, but along the lines of a Meiser ani. Right of the Paiskim, though, do not even accept uh, this task. Many argue, and some do, but many argue, and this is the majority of Paiskim, and they side with the Bach. Look over there, Ois Yedawa, the Taz quotes from the Bach. That's Umem Vavches, because the Bach was his father-in-law. He disagrees with the Shver. Umayri Vechami Zal Kosav, Samaisher Shomamon Shalanu, Ein Barchiv Loi Minatayra, Veloi Midrabonon. It's not Minatayra or Midrabonon. The Taz disagrees. He says, Chiyuv Gamahu, but the Bach says it's not Minatayra or Midrabonon. So what is it? Look in Ois Tezvav, the Pischei Tshuva over there tells you, Rav of the Paiskim, they quote from a Tshuva of the Marami Rutenberg, the part that's underlined, Mevu Hashem Kedas Habach, She'enu min ha-tayr v'loi midrabonu ve'enu elu min hogba alma. It's a minig. What do you mean a minig? What is it? It's a minig, a recommended amount of tzedakah. It's not my sir Ani, it's a chil midrabonu, midrabonu, it's a recommended it's an allu, you know, a hint. It's a recommended amount of tzedakah. That's how much you should give. It's a minig taif. Therefore, the Pisgah Tshuva says, "In Nahag Havi Kamei Minig Shal Mitzvah." If you do it, it's like a Minig Taiv. Shein Avata Klal Mlovet Tzarekado. If you have the Minig, great. If you don't have the Minig, okay, not an obligation to do it. Avram did it. Yitzchak did it. Yaakov did it. There's a strong precedent for doing it. One should do it, but it's a Minig Taiv. A recommended amount of tzedakah. And that's why the Birkei Yosef writes over here, Ois Tezayin, Nir Avada Demaiser Ksafim, Eino Besug Mitzvah Meiser Oni. It's not a type of Meiser Oni, which would be a formal obligation within the framework of Meiser Oni, one-tenth a year to be given to Aniyim. Rak Chiyuv Tzedakah Amru Shiyem Maaser Minachazav. A person should give a recommended amount of tzedakah should be a tenth. But it's not a Chiyuv Midrabanan, it's a Minachazav. So that's where the Chofetz Chaim writes in his Sefer Avas Chesed, that's the way we assume, is that it's a minag toiv, it's not a chiyuv, and it's not a halacha maiser ani, it is rather a recommended amount of tzedakah that a person should be mafish itzir. So Chofetz Chaim says, if, that's where the Chasim Sefer says too. So if a person, let's say, wants to do this, he should say beli nether. He's mafish maiser, he should do a beli nether. If he does, he accepts it with a nether, then it has all the halachas of a nether. It's like a minag toiv. It's not a minig Yisrael like Yom Tavsheni, the Gemara says. is uh, you know, minig You can't opt out and say, well, I, I don't have the minig of my Yom Tavsheni. You can be mat nether all you want. Right after you're mat nether, you're still part of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael has the minig of Yom Tavsheni. So we have many minhagim. We have the minig of uh, Gibra, of uh, Kitnius. is a uh, minig that we're machmer and Kitnius. You can't be mat nether and get out of Kitnius. It's, uh, you, even if you're mat nether, you're still an Ashkenazi Jew, you're and Kitnius. So you can't get out of that. This is a minig type. It's not a minig Yisrael. It's a minig type. If you do it, it uh, becomes a nether. If you say bali nether, then uh, you don't. Uh, 
you're not obligated to do it. It still uh, it would be a, a, a minute type. Let's say a person's being mafresh meisah his whole life. He never knew it was just a minute. He thought it's a real halacha. So then he doesn't need hatars in the dark. He only accepted to do it betos. He was mistaken when he accepted to do this. He thought that he was doing something he had to do. Now he finds out it's a minute type. He doesn't need to be mafresh Okay, so we have these two ways of viewing meisah uh, him, and it really depends on whether or not it's a chiyuv or it's just a minute type. The taz views my sexafim as a real obligation, Midrabanan probably, along the lines of my Ani, fits within the framework of Chumas and Maisis. And uh, Bach and the Marami Rutenberg and uh, most of the Paiskim, Chavitz Chaim, Sam Sefer, understand that it's a recommended amount of tzedakah and really just a minagtaif. But in fact, these uh, two opinions are reflected in. Uh, a machlekes that the Ramah has with the Achronim, then a machlekes that the Ramah has with the Shach, both of which are Nagei Elamaisa. Look over here, Ois Yitzayin, the Ramah says, when the Gemara said, you're allowed to test HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Aser, Taser, Aser, Bishvil, Shet, His Asher, give Maiser, so that you'll become, as the Oilam Taichas, you'll become rich. So the Gemara says, you're allowed to test HaKadosh Baruch Hu with regards to this. What does the Prozik say? Prozik says, Test me on this, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's it talking about? Tvua. Can you test HaKadosh Baruch Hu on my Suksafen? Everyone says, I separate my so how come I'm not becoming rich? Can you test HaKadosh Baruch Hu on my Suksafen? The Ramah says, yes. 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 Fine. Vihime Aseres. If you take off my sir, Tzedakah has all these positive uh, effects. You're only allowed to test the Kaddish Baruch Hu with regards to this. So Ramah understands my Suksafim is also a kind of Maiser, and you can test the Kaddish Baruch Hu when it comes to my Suksafim. The Pischei Tshuva, though, quotes from the Sheh Yosiavis from Yaakov Emdin, who disagrees, he says, No, loy nemar zeh ele Suksafim. <laughs> you can't test HaKadosh Baruch Hu by Maiser Ksafim. You can only, because that's only Tzedakah. What can you test HaKadosh Baruch Hu by? Maiser from produce. Real Chumas and Maisers. This is just a recommended amount of Tzedakah. So these two opinions, how you understand Maiser Ksafim, is it a kind of Chumas and Maisers along the lines of Maiser Ani? Like the Taz said, a chiyuv midrabanan to do it, or is that a minute type, a recommended amount of tzedakah, has a difference with whether or not you're allowed to test Hakadosh Baruch Hu with regards to ma'aseh sefim. Since we assume, because if it's my trumas and ma'aseh, just like ma'aseh, you can test the Hakadosh Baruch Hu asher, tashir, asher, b'shvil asher. But if it's not ma'aseh, it's a recommended amount of tzedakah, not an obligation. It's a minute type, a recommended amount, then you can't test the Hakadosh Baruch Hu with regards to this. So the way we paskin, like Rabbi Yaakov Emden said. Rav of the Paiskin Paskin, it's a minute recommended amount of tzedakah. So then, unfortunately, the bracha of Aser, Bishvil Shetis Asher, doesn't apply the way we Paskin to my Suksafim. We Paskin, it's a minute and uh, a recommended amount of tzedakah, but it's not one of the Chumas and Maisers. It's not like Maiser Ani. In which case, you can't test the Kaddish Baruch Hu by Maiser Suksafim, because it's the whole Paskin of Aser, Bishvil Shetis Asher, doesn't apply to my Suksafim. Okay, so that's one difference. Can you test HaKadosh Baruch Hu with regards to Maisek Safim? Can you say, Amafish Maisek Safim, how come I haven't gotten rich? If that's what the Gemara means, that you're supposed to get rich. Because Maisek Safim, the way we paskin, is just a recommended amount of tzedakah. But this Ramah goes with Shittasai. Look over here, Aisyah Tess. 
Ramah says in some Reishmeim test Sif Aleph, "Ain lasos mimaisu shaloid var mitzvah, kigoyneros lo beis haknesos oshard var mitzvah, rak yitnenu laaniim." The Ramah quotes from the Ma'aril that Maisa Ksafim has to be given to who? Aniim. That's the real mitzvah of tzedakah, is to be given to Aniim. Person supports yeshivas, he's machzik Torah. That's a beautiful mitzvah. That's a separate mitzvah, though. The real tzedakah is supporting Aniim. So since this is, uh, the Ramah understands, Maisa Ksafim is really along the lines of like a Maiser Ani. It's a chiyu midrabbanon, like we said, and he said before, it's part of trumas and maestros, along, how can it be part of trumas and maestros, along the lines of maestro ani. And therefore the Ramah says, it really should be given specifically to who? Aniyim. You can't do other mitzvahs with it. The shach, though, disagrees, look over here, oischaf, the shach, quotes him a tshuva of the maram, one of the achreinim, not the maram, remember? The chal mitzvah shetava liyadoi, any mitzvah that you want to spend it on, you can spend my him Because it's a recommend, I believe the Pshat and the Shach is, it's not my Ani that it belongs to the Aniyim, it's part of Trumas and Maishas. We paskin that, uh, not like the Pshat, the Maishar Ani is not a Chiyuv to do it as part of Maishar Ani, it is rather a Minaktai of a recommended amount of Tzedakah. If it's a recommended amount of Tzedakah, we have a little bit more latitude in what you spend it on. Therefore, you can't test the Rebbeinu Shalom. It's not Meiser Ani. It's not one of the Trumas and Meisers. But at the same time, you get the leniency that it, we could be a little bit more broad on what you spend it on. So Shach says, you want to spend it on a mitzvah, you could spend it on a mitzvah. What does that mean? I could spend it on any mitzvah? Esrik, Ulav. So the Be'er Hagayla, the Be'er Hagayla usually just provides Mara Mekaymas on the Shulchan Aruch. Once in a while, he has an editorial comment. So here the Be'er Hagayla writes... No, no, no. Any mitzvah you have to do, Shabalav hokim mechuyiv akapanim lasas mitzvah zu v'roitzel lipatim yimena b'maiser eno roshay. You can't use maiser ksafim for a mitzvah you have to do. You can't use maiser ksafim to buy tefillin. You can't use maiser ksafim to buy tzitzis. You can't use maiser ksafim to buy an esrig. A mitzvah you have to do, you can't use maiser ksafim. A mitzvah that you didn't have to do, then you can use maiser. So it's a I'm buying aliyah in shul. That you could use maaser. You didn't have to do it. Any mitzvah you don't have to do, you can use maaser. Okay? So this machlag between the Ramah and the Shach is really reflects these two ideas. According to the Ramah, it's like a maaser ani, belongs to aniyim, you have to specifically use it for aniyim. According to the Shach, it's not a mitzvah of maaser, it's a recommended amount of tzedakah you should be mafrish. So then any mitzvah you don't have to do, you could perhaps use my Sukhsafim for, for that mitzvah. So the Shach already brings up the very uh, common Shiloh people ask nowadays, what about tuition? Can I use my Sukhsafim to solve the tuition crisis? People are being mafish my Sukhsafim. They need to pay tuition. Let's allow people to use my Sukhsafim for tuition. What do you say, Rabbi Isai? I remember hearing these for girls in Africa. Ah, but it's something you have to do. I'll do you one better. Supporting your children. So the Shach, look over here. The Shach of Cotton Gimel says... Just to support your children should be my successful because you don't have to do it. What do you mean you don't have to support your children? Look over here. Oiskaf Beis. The Gemara says in Masech B'Sksub is commenting on the Pesach in Tehillim. Ashrei Shemrei Mishpat Oiset Tzedakah Zbechol Eis. Well, is it possible to do tzedakah at all times? How could a person be doing tzedakah every single second of the day? Says the Gemara. 
if you support your children when they're ketanim, you're doing tzedakah b'choles because you don't have to. You only have to support your kids once they're six years old, till they're six years old. That's what Gemara says. Once they're six, you've been a freeloader long enough, you know, it's time to, to hit the road, make, a, make your own place in the world. Start, you know, go out on your own. Why? Because Gemara says a six-year-old could beg for money. A six-year-old could uh, make it on his own. So what does that mean? The shock says if you support your children then over the age of six, that's a tzedakah, you didn't have to do that. The child is an honey, you know. He's first in line, but he's an honey, you know, for you, because you're supposed to support your family first. So he's first in line, but he's an honey. He's on his own. So if you support your children, says the shock, that's like a tzedakah. So Ramesha already writes, no, no. The halacha of giving mezainas to your wife, giving mezainas to your children, is not something that, uh, cha- that's something that changes based on society. Whatever is the normal expectation, let's say a wife, whatever you normally have to provide for your wife, it doesn't go based on what they provided for their wives in the time of the Gemara. Ramayusha says it's obviously something that's subjective based on what is accepted as normal in your context. So if it's accepted as normal in your context to give such and such to your wife, that's part of the obligation of Mizanis that you have to provide to your wife, that you accepted to provide when you married her. So too for your children. Whatever is the expected uh, you know, support that a father gives to his child, that is what the father is obligated to do to his child. So since in our context, a six-year-old is, you know, is helpless, a six-year-old can't support himself. Maybe a 16-year-old can't support 26-year-old can't support himself, whatever, whatever is the expectation, you know, in that context, that a child should support himself, I mean, the child should be supported by his father, that's what the father is obligated to do. Once the child reaches the age where it's expected, and, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a gray area, but once the child reaches the age where it's clear, you know, once he gets married, it's kind of expected he's out on his own, or, you know, maybe when you reach graduate school, maybe college, I don't know, whatever the point in, in life is that a person I mean I can make you know what I think is normal but whatever a person you know this is the expectation that's on a father beyond that is not so then at that point if he's still supporting his child then, then the child is like an honey who's out on his own and then he could use my six of him to support the child so a child let's say gets married and they need uh, help once they get married he wants to learn a little bit so he wants to learn he's an honey he's out on his own he's married everyone kuliamalopligi at that point that uh, he's out on his own so then now, the father wants to support the child, that's uh, a tzedakah, and he could use my succession for that. But, 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 you know, if it's still a part, you know, 16, then that's an expectation on the father to support the child. And then the, the, the father cannot use my succession for that. What about uh, paying schalimud? What about tuition? Not, not paying for his food. The child is not on an, out on his own. He's not on Oh, yeah, the chiv of Talmud Torah for the son. Chiv of Tamatara for the son. What about the girls? No Chiv of Tamatara. And what about the son even? The Rambam writes, you only have to teach the son, surprisingly. The Rambam writes, all you have to teach your son is Tarshav Ksav. You have to teach your son to speak in it. Speak in what? Tarshav Ksav. Tarshav Alpeg, Gemara, Mishnayas is all not the obligation of the father. So what does that mean? Above sixth grade. Sixth grade, you start learning Gemara already, child's out on his own. Now, I don't have to do that, so should, should I be able to use my succession for that? So there's a tshuva in the pre-Yitzchak. The pre-Yitzchak was a Yitzchak Blazer, one of the Talmudim from Yisrael Salanter. So he writes, yes. For all girls schooling and boys schooling above the sixth grade, beyond Tarsha B'Sav, 
you can use uh, Maisek Safin. So again here, Ramaisha and others uh, disagree, and they say no. First of all, they say, first of all, you know, a lot of the schooling is not necessarily Talmud Torah. A lot of the schooling is uh, educating the child to, let's say, get a parnasa, to make it in the world. That's another obligation on the father, is to give the child uh, an opportunity to make a parnasa. So that's, an ob- that's the secular studies part. That's not, first of all, it's not part of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. I don't know if you could use my Sukhsafim for that. Anyway, it's not a mitzvah. But either way, it's an obligation on the father to make sure that the child can be successful later on, can be productive financially. But even more than that, Ramayusha says in America there's a law, you have to be in school. So that's where Ramayusha says, okay, so you have to be in school. So the father has to pay for it. But either way, Ramayusha says, there's an obligation on the father to see to it that the child, boys and girls, are from a Yidin when they grow up. That they have Shemit, Torah, and Mitzvahs. So Ramayusha says, yeah, maybe at a certain time, a girl could, you could assure she'd be a from a Yid if she'd be Shemit, Torah, and Mitzvahs without any schooling in our time. That's not the case. So you have to pay for whatever a person needs in order to allow the child to be productive, to have a parnasa, and also to make sure that he'll be a frumayid later on. So, okay, so that's an obligation of the father. Beyond that, okay, you're right, that you could use my success. So let's say, some say, once the child reaches, high, you know, past high school, high school a child needs in order to be a frumayid, any learning that he does past high school, that's uh, be above and beyond what you need to be a Fermayid, as long as you have a high school education, you could be a Fermayid. I'm not sure that's true anymore. You don't need seminary. You don't need to go to Eretz You don't need to learn in Yeshiva beyond that to make sure it's a Fermayid. Take the, if we would take statistics of who's Shemitar and Mitzvah from kids who just go to graduate high school versus kids who go to Eretz Yisrael learning Yeshivas, I would venture to guess the, the percentage of those who are Shemitar and Mitzvah is higher. It could be because they were already on a different path in life, but it could be also that uh, that experience is something that's critical. Yeah, but uh, I'm not getting involved in that already, but I think, uh, I'm not sure you could use my stuff. And beyond that, I think beyond there, it's Israel, you know, beyond base medrash years, kind of sit, kid wants to sit and learn. Beyond that, I agree, that that's the Lee SSA. Then he's learning on his own. But uh, for those formative years, it could be that that's part of the obligation of the father, and you cannot use my stuff. What about shul membership, though? Something should be nice again. Shul membership. So in some kehillahs, you used to have to pay to be a shul member. If you weren't a shul member, you, know, you, you couldn't live there. In our communities, you don't really have to be a member of the shul. Why, why are you a member of the shul? In order to get an aliyah. Huh? Oh, so I think for your one shul, so first of all, you get certain fringe benefits of being a member of the shul. You could use the simcha room. You get a place to sit down. That's not, uh, you can't use my successor for that. that. You're getting a benefit. I have a seat to sit down in, I, you know, or a seat for Yom and Neram. It gives me a chair to sit down in. I don't think you could use my successor for that part of it. So let's say, I think the person can say half of shul membership goes to things that I benefit from. I benefit from the bathroom, I benefit from the kiddish, I benefit from the seat that I get to sit in. So if you benefit from the physical building of the shul and you pay for those benefits, that's not my successor. But above and beyond that, that which you use to support the shul, let's say half of shul membership, or second or third shul membership, let's say some people like supporting all the shuls in town. They don't have there once a year, but they pay, the, and it's the right thing to do, they pay to support all the shuls in town. It's to everyone's benefit to have numerous shuls in town. Good, that all could come from my successor. I agree. I think any shul membership beyond your primary shul, for sure, is my successor. And even half of your primary shul's money 
uh, membership could probably come from Isaac Seven because I don't have to do it. You can't coerce people to pay shul membership. You can't coerce people to do anything nowadays. Shul membership you can't uh, coerce. I, we discussed when we learned Yivamis. I don't think you were here, but the Gemara says Misachtes Yivamis. You should point a king from amongst your brethren. So the Gemara comments, Any position of authority in the community has to be Mikarevachecha. So that's why a ger, a ger cannot be uh, appointed, he's not Mikarevachecha, cannot be appointed to a position of authority within Yiddishkeit. So some, when we were learning this in Yavamis, I didn't know at the time. We had a, a guy in the shir. We were talking about a guy in the shir was a ger and he was learning for smicha. So shaya is a ger allowed to learn for to be smicha to be a shura. We want to be a shura. Can you be a shura? Is that a position of authority? So I spoke at the time with uh, with uh, one of the paiskim that uh, I think it was with Rabbi Bleich. Rabbi Bleich told me it used to be uh, being a shura was a position of authority. He said now it's an avdus. Not authority. He said, what are you going to do? Authority. You can't assert authority. You assert authority, the guy leaves the shul. So you don't have to stay in any one shul. There's a million shuls. The guy, uh, there's no authority anymore. See, so if uh, a guy could probably, it's an, it's an abdus, so he could probably be, uh, be a shul. Uh, <clears throat> so, so to here, well, you don't have to join the shul. What do you join the shul? You join, join a different shul. So, but I think the benefits that you get, the, you know, the, uh, the facilities that you use, that you can't use my six, seven, but anything that's above and beyond that, um, can be used my six seven. Let's say grandparents though support the child. The, the child, the grandparents pay tuition nowadays. Every yeshiva sends uh, letters to the grandparents. That for sure, that for sure could come from my six seven. They don't have to do that. Or even let's say above and beyond my tuition bill. Let's say I think there's a, probably a certain portion of every tuition bill every Jewish school runs like this that's to subsidize people who can't pay. That could probably come from my six seven. I don't know how you'd ever determine how much money that is. But that, that I'm doing, or let's say there's a building fund. I want to do, donate to the building. So if you don't have to donate to the, if you have to donate to the building fund, let's say everyone has a fundraising uh, obligation. That's just a tax deduction, you know, a tax deductible way of paying tuition. Everybody has a fundraising obligation. It's not something that's extra. That's part of tuition. That can't come from my success. But anything that's above and beyond something that you have to do uh, can come from my success. Another nafkamina, though. Again, so this was the Machlech between the Ramah and the Shach. Can you use it only for Aniyim or Davka? Can you, does it have to be only for Aniyim or even for other mitzvah purposes? So Ramah held Davka for Aniyim is kind of like a Chuma, it's a Maestris, Halacha, it's a Chiyuv, along the lines of Maestro Aniyim. We said the Shach disagrees it can be used for any mitzvah purpose. He understands it's not a Chiyuv, it's not a Maestro Aniyim, it's a recommended amount of Tzedakah. So another difference will be um, who has to do this? Let's say the person is themselves an Ani. Themselves, they're poor. You have to separate miser. So if it's a halacha miser ani, even the ani has to separate miser ani. So even if you're an ani, you have to separate miser ani. So then maybe he would have to separate miser of him too. But if it's not, if it's the way we paskin, that it's a recommended amount of tzedakah, it's not a chiyuv, it's a minik type. So then uh, an Ani does not have to separate Maeser Ksafim. Uh, it's a Chiyuv of Tzedakah. An Ani has to first, it says in the Ramah, and Hilchat Tzedakah, an Ani first supports himself before he gives Tzedakah to other people. Your needs come first. So therefore, <coughs> Ramaisha writes, they quote like this in Briskarov too, that if a person is themselves an Ani, he should not be Maeser Ksafim. 
Someone once asked me, I, I'm not kidding you, a guy, he told me, he said he's on tuition assistance in the school, but he separates my so he wants to know if he can give money to this cause and that cause and this cause. I said, you crazy? The guy's on tuition assistance. I said, you should give your miser to the school. How can you be on tuition assistance? And at the same time, he's separating miser. It doesn't make any sense. If miser is a halach of tzedakah, recommended amount of tzedakah. So you shouldn't be mafish miser if you can't pay your own bills. God first has to pay his own bills. Then he should be mafish miser. So that's why the mashgiach in yeshiva used to be, uh, his name was Yaakov Moshe Lesson. He was the father-in-law of Rabbi Vigda Miller. Talmud from Sabotka. So he used to tell Bachram when they first got married that they should not be mafish miser from the wedding gifts. Why? Because what if most, uh, a lot of young couples live off the wedding gifts for the first few years. You know, they make a little bit of money here, there. But the they're gonna, husband's going to learn for a few years or something, a year or two. That's common. So then uh, what are they going to live off during those years? A lot of times parents help out, but a lot of times they use the uh, money from the wedding. So then uh, if you're mafish miser, so he felt that you're like an honey. You're not making enough money to support yourself. You're going down and you're using savings. Says you're like an honey and uh, you shouldn't be mafish miser. You might need the money yourself. So you shouldn't be mafish miser from the, uh, from the wedding money. But Maisha even says, even if you have a big savings account, I have, you can have $50,000 in the bank, $100,000 in the bank, but you're not making money. You have no income. You're going down each month, then you're like an honey. You might need that money in the bank yourself at one point. So you shouldn't be mafish miser until you're making money that, uh, you know, more money than you're spending, then you should uh, be mafish miser. But less than that, you should not be, uh, should not be mafish miser. So is it like 10%, would it be like 10% of uh, your... Over, like, yeah, after, oh. after your needs, or after. Oh. So that's two opinions in Pischei Tshuva. When do you mafish miser? Would you mafish? What, what about? Let's say I have, uh, I make money and then I have expenses. Yeah. So when do you mafish miser? <clears throat> so one opinion in Pischei Tshuva is well, first of all, it should depend on this shaila. How do you view miser ksavim? If miser ksavim is like a miser ani, you have to separate tenth of your money. So you can't say, well, if you make $100,000 or $200,000, let's say a million, you make a million dollars. Yeah, but you have $500,000 in overhead. So do you mafish from a million, that was your gross, or from your net, from the $500,000? So the, uh, that's two opinions of Pesachet Tshuva. One opinion of Pesachet Tshuva is, is Meiser Ani. You got a million dollars gross, you have to be mafish Meiser from the million, not from the net. You don't deduct expenses. That's very extreme. But that's along the lines of like a Maeser Ani. The way Rav HaPoiskin Paskin, Behuda and others, is quoted in the Tishrei Tshuva, is that no, it's the net. You deduct expenses. That's why the Taz says you deduct income tax too. Income tax doesn't go in. That's your gross. But how much money do you walk away with? Your net. So you deduct the taxes, let's say income tax, is part of your expenses, operating expenses. So you only mafish Maeser from your bottom line, from the net. Not from the gross amount. You deduct expenses, you deduct taxes. Sales tax not. You don't sales tax. But for the taxes that are like Social Security tax, all those taxes uh, get deducted from your income. Those uh, come off or like deductions on a tax return, if you know how those work. So that would be deducted before your mafish miser. Mafish miser from your take-home amount. That's how much your mafish miser. And we said health benefits don't count either. So let's say uh, health benefits... You receive from work, if it's, you receive it as a matana, that doesn't go into the cheshbon. If you spend money on health insurance, so then that would come off. Yeah. So it's your net amount. That's a, but is it like after tuition or before tuition? Oh, oh. This is, we assume it's before tuition, but in fact, 
That's the last thing over here. Look, Aishav Gimel, the Tzitzel Yezer, quote, it's a machlaikis. Most people don't know this. It's between the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch and the Aruch HaShulchan. Contemporaries. What about household expenses? What about groceries? What about uh, electric bill? What about tuition bill? Do you mafish miser from your net after your expenses? You can't use miser money for tuition, but do you mafish, do you take those off as expenses, like business expenses, like overhead, and you mafish miser at the end of all of that? You follow what I'm saying? Or you mafish miser from the, your take home amount? And then uh, your other expenses don't come off of your, they, they don't become, a, you know, your net amount is not after you to have all your household expenses, it's before you have your household expenses. So he writes, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch writes, Yitei Maisa min harevach sheherviach kol shana chutz mitarchei beisoy. Meaning your, your household expenses, groceries, come off before Maisar. V'yu baruch ha-shulchan katev lehepoch. Dehoitzos beisoy lo yinake. You can't deduct your household expenses. You certainly can't use miser for them, but you don't deduct your household expenses. And that's the way Rav HaPaiskim assume. But it's Machlek, it's contemporary Paiskim. Most assume household expenses don't come off. You don't deduct it. But let's say you don't have enough money. If you, once you have your household expenses, you're left to zero or negative, then you're an honey. You can't support it. For, if you live an extravagant lifestyle, so then uh, you're not being... But if you, if you, you live a you know, basic lifestyle, middle of the road for your uh, community, you know, average... You want to send your kids to school, send them to camp, this, that, you pay your bills, and that's a zero or negative, so then you shouldn't be mafish mindset. You can't, you can't pay your bills. But if a person can pay his bills, and then he has uh, extra money left over, so it should be mafish mindset uh, from, uh, from that which he has left over. So Rabbi Sai, the way we conclude is the Meiser Ksafim is a recommended amount of tzedakah, highly recommended. Avram Bavinu did it, Yitzchak did it, Yaakov did it. Perhaps that's why the Chumash records that each one of the others did this. It's a very, uh, uh, you know, practice that should be applauded and something that we should be followed. It is a minik to do it, but it is a recommended amount of tzedakah, not probably part of the rubric of uh, Trumas and Meisers. And therefore, it's not a chiyuv, not an obligation, but a minik type. But it certainly is a minik type, and we should follow in the footsteps of the Avos Hakadoshim who had this, uh, who had this practice. Okay.